So Lisa, this is our last podcast before Mother's Day in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought it would be a good time to kind of explore the topic of Mother's Day. Now, mind you, I am not a historian at all um, when it comes to Mother's Day in the U.S., but I did think we should talk about it and its connection to endurance sport. I agree, because we often see a lot of um, marketing around Mother's Day inside mm. and outside of endurance sport. And I actually think it's a much more complex topic than perhaps some people think about. Mm, All right. Well, let's dive in. I'm Dr. Shauna Payne-Gold, and I go by she, her, her pronouns. And I'm Dr. Lisa Ingefield, and I go by she, her, hers. Welcome to Unfazed, a podcast to disrupt your normal and challenge your brain to go the distance. So <laughs> let's start tripping over a little bit of language here, Lisa, mm-hmm. because, you know, when I hear Mother's Day, I, I personally have some mixed feelings and thoughts about Mother's Day just in general, because um, I personally did not have the greatest experience with Mother's Day. I am a mother. I adore my my two. Um, but my grandfather, who had a very heavy hand in raising me, passed away on Mother's Day. So Mother's Day... Um, is not a guaranteed pleasant day for me. It just kind of depends on where my emotions fall. And so I think Mm -hmm. about other people concerning that, but, you know, just in general, you know, who considers themselves mothers may not be the way they are perceived. And so I I just think there's complexity just from the get-go with the Mm -hmm. language of mother, mother's day um, and how it's used or not used. It's a lot of complexity just in the labeling. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we see more and more often now disclaimers on all of the social medias around, you know, not everyone celebrates Mother's Day, not everyone has a mother, not everyone likes their mother, um, not everyone is able to be a mother. And so this kind of um, carte blanche, yay, Mother's Day um, attitude, I think, can be really challenging and upsetting for a lot of people that we don't think about. I mean, the U.S. Mother's Mm -hmm. Day is a different date than the U.K. Mother's Day. So I get Mm -hmm. Mother's Day twice and Mother's Day is not a particularly Mm -hmm. exciting time for me either. So I get a little bit of a double whammy there. But I think as you Mm -hmm. and I were talking about this um, discussion, right, we started to trip up on that language piece, like you mentioned, in terms of when we think about mother, the kind of common narrative in society is that all mothers are women. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that is not true, right? Right, right. Exactly. That's not necessarily true. And, you know, there's so many different nuances to that, that they, they might not necessarily be women. Um, Those that consider them themselves mothers may not have children or living children. Um, There may have been a miscarriage of some sort. There may be um, someone who's transitioning, for example, so may present um, as a man, but considers, but still considers themselves a mother if they physically gave birth. There's so many complexities to Mother's Mm -hmm. Day that we probably just have not considered Um, hopefully this is the first time y'all have talked about it because I know it's the first time I've talked about it, Lisa. So, um, 
we right. can't just assume who is and is not a mother. And it kind of reminds me of, for example, the use of pronouns. It's, is there anything such as cis motherhood or something? I don't know where it's, you know, we're making the assumption that someone is a mother when we can't make that assumption without their personal identification as such. Yes, that's a great way to frame it. I don't know if cis, cis motherhood is a thing. Maybe we're developing something here. Obviously, being cisgender is, right? And I think with that association, so someone looks at a individual who is read as a woman, so they have markers of femininity, mm-hmm. perhaps, then mm-hmm. I think the kind of connected assumption, spoken or otherwise, is that they may or may not be a mother, right? I mean, historically Mm. probably the assumption was they are a mother and if they're not a mother there's something wrong with them right but now we have more and more um individuals who are read as women who are not mothers whether that's Mm -hmm. biological or otherwise and so i think that that assumption has shifted a little bit it's still it's Mm. still there the pressure is still there um but Yeah. yeah i think you know it's not even we can't even say that um, mothers are individuals who have wombs, right? Because that's right. Um, you know, not everyone has a womb who identifies as a mother because that's of right. adoption, foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that you know, if we start to scratch at the surface of Mother's Day, it is as you have identified, really, really complex, it's really complicated. Oh my goodness! Well, and I'm even thinking about some of my friends who do identify as a woman, but. Uh, They've never given birth, but they have nieces and nephews who kind of were left to them under their care. Um, Some of them, um, for example, might have parents who are deployed, for example, and so their primary caregiver happens to be an aunt or a cousin or whomever, um, and they do identify very much Mm -hmm. as mothers. So -hmm. there's just not one way to slice it here when it comes to being a mother or not, again, being up to that person's uh, personal identity and honoring their identity. That's, you know, a big piece to this puzzle here with just the language of mother. So I, and I'm still torn too, because as a mother, I'm still not sure whether I would want to go carte blanche to happy parents day either. Um, so I'm still not sure about that either. I I think there are positive distinctions, but again, you can't assume, um, and I don't want to assume for anyone. So yeah, that language of mother is, is kind of tough. Yeah. I mean, and the recognition of motherhood is an important piece. I think when Mm -hmm. we're talking about endurance sport and the barriers that that can create for participation, Mm -hmm. but I, the piece that I think that we're trying to kind of like work our heads around here is that, um, not all mothers are women. However, Mm -hmm. the experience of being a woman in this world is differentiated from men and from trans people and Mm -hmm. trans people and gender non-binary people have a differentiated experience from women as parents. Right. And so, and are even even further marginalized and perhaps even excluded from that narrative of mother's Mm day. Um, And Mm -hmm. so it's, yeah, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm, I'm talking as I am thinking and Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's not like, it's not formed well. Well, well, but you know what? I think it's not, I, I don't think it's formed well at, at, from our perspective, it's not formed well at all in the United States because it's not even a discussion to begin with. 
Right. You know, right. And no one's having the discussion. So, of course, this is not really uh, smooth here, but I don't think it should be smooth. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot to really flesh out. And frankly, you know, if we're having this much trouble kind of explaining it amongst ourselves, you know, I'm still thinking through that there's still even more controversy um, that precedes the notion of who's a mother or who considers themselves a mother. The controversy of Mother's Day in the United States is already complex to begin with. Uh, because it ended up being something that it truly wasn't meant to be. So, mm. you know, when when the originator just simply wanted to uh, make sure that th- this actually um, emerged from the Civil War, where one woman wanted to make sure that mothers continued to be friendly with one another despite a war going on. And so, you know, all of this going on. And then finally, Anna Reeves Jarvis, who's the daughter of the originator, says, wait a minute, y'all have now taken it too far. Damn the candy, damn the flowers and the cards. That's not what it was meant to be. It was meant to be about, um, I think it was originally called Mother's Friendship Day, in fact. So, you know, given that now it's not about friendship, it's about I'm your mother and I'm pissed off that I didn't call, get a call or flowers or a card. You know, it's like, what, what are we doing here exactly? Um, and Anna Reeves Jarvis even protested that it wasn't exactly what it was meant to be to begin with. So I think we've gone, you know, left field, completely off base in many different ways, not just mm-hmm. who, who's a mother and who's not, but what do we really want it to be uh, yeah. to those who do identify as mothers? Yeah, that's Not at all surprising to me that a day that was designed about community across difference, right, has become Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. a um, commercialized um, kind of extravaganza of pink and red and flowers and hearts and judgment about phone calls, right? Like we live in a capitalist society. Of course (laughs) it went in that direction. Did you Um, call your mother? Did you call your mother? That's like the first question of the day. Did you call your mother? And then, you know, so that, um, I don't know that, I mean, I don't know the origin of British Mother's Day. It's obviously not about the Civil War or maybe it is, I don't know, but um, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. probably will have to go down that rabbit hole at another time. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like from your research that also Mother's Day, like early, like an early concept of Mother's Day or Mother's Friendship Day existed in ancient Greece. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was based on fertility, you know, fertility, being able to produce children and, you know, generation regeneration of your familial line. And so, you know, again, that still stems back to the biology of it, where right. I would suggest that we're saying that we don't want to limit motherhood right. to biology. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, for us, it's role and not biology, not parts, um, mm-hmm. but role instead, mm-hmm. um, which is important. And I think that's where it gets interesting because, you know, when you have lots of people in endurance sport that play so many different roles, I mean, you know, we look at people with, certain athletic ability that can do what they do as superheroes. Well, endurance sport and on the course is not the only place where they're the daggone superhero. They're, you know, the superheroes of their family, of their friends, of, Mm -hmm. you know, their workplaces and so forth. Like their, uh, their characteristics and personality type that gets them through triathlon is the very same characteristics and personality types that usually help people to really have this transferable skill that shows up everywhere. Like they're, they're not just a superstar on the course. They're a star everywhere Mm -hmm. to the people Mm -hmm. that love and care about them. 
And so to me, it's like, okay, now it's a role and forget the parts. I don't even care about the parts really. Um, but it does help us to think through how, so if we're commercializing just in general population with the flowers and the candy and the cards, which let me be clear, I want the fl- the flowers and the candy and the cards. Let me be clear. But I'm just saying, I'm I'm equally concerned about the people that don't want the candy and the flowers and the cards, right? Um, or they want something different to honor their role. Well, what does that mean for possibly commercializing endurance sport in ways that um, cookie cutter mothers in one particular way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have no good answers, but I know we do it, and. I see the pictures, which I, I goo eye over myself. So I'm not excluding myself from this piece, but mm-hmm. I do like to see the moms at the finish line holding their child, but which moms, like, I don't see the trans mom holding their kid at the finish line, or uh, I, I can't even recall a time where I've seen a dad, even an elite holding their kid at a finish line. So I'm just wondering how are we inadvertently commercializing in one way, motherhood, when motherhood shows up in so many different ways. Yeah. And, you know, the litany of Instagram posts and Facebook posts that will come out from various endurance sport, um, you know, businesses or teams about honoring mothers. And it will be that very narrow conception, you know, of an individual who is read as a woman um, and, you know, and they have a child, whether or not they gave birth to the child. We don't know, but it's that going to be that very narrow conception. And I guess for me, not being a mother, that's annoying. <laughs> um, but also like, <laughs> right, that doesn't right. help. That doesn't help women. <laughs> you know, like mm. it's kind of like this John Oliver skit from a while ago where he was calling out um, lawmakers who talked at length about how important their mothers were to them in their life and how they wouldn't be where they were without their mothers. And Mm -hmm. at the very same time, we're voting down legislation that would provide parental leave, would provide paid parental leave for parents. So that would include people who identify as mothers, you know, and would, um, and voting down legislation that would support childcare, um, and all it's these incredible. other pieces that would be really helpful. And so this kind of hypocrisy really pisses me off. And, mm-hmm. and so that commercialization of Mother's Day doesn't do shit for mm-hmm. wage discrimination, right? It doesn't do mm-hmm. shit for the lack of childcare and the barriers that exist for parents broadly, but mm-hmm. in specifically people who identify as women and mothers, um, in terms of their access to these kind of extracurricular activities, if you will. Well, you know, it, it sounds performative to me. You know, it, it sounds like a really great performance where, you know, happy Mother's Day to my mother, you know, that that politician or legislator that posted on their social media. But you're right, when it comes down time to decision making of all mothers and what's important to them and what's important to their families, then all of a sudden they're it it's uh what do we call it um convenient amnesia where you just mm. forget what you don't want to remember mm-hmm. um and what's not a priority to you and that's when it becomes extremely problematic and so that that to me is very scary um because there <laughs> lisa we've talked about this before in a previous podcast let's put the dots really close together for the people that don't understand the connection between what they mm-hmm. say and what they do Mm-hmm. You cannot say that 
happy Mother's Day to everyone, but then the folks who are mothers are being continuously disenfranchised by your decision-making. It's not a happy Mother's Day for them. It's not a happy life for them at all. Um, So you're right. You know, how can we continue to put those dots together? And I think, you know, similar could be said for endurance sport. How do we both acknowledge mothers lived experiences, but not just do it in the social media post? I'm not condemning social media, y'all. I'm not saying that. Uh, But what I am saying is as you post that really great picture of the mother with her medal on or with their medal on holding their kid, how can you also make it easier for that same parent to train to get to your race, to not have to pay 50 Mm -hmm. bucks for packet pickup because they needed to spend one more night with their child on and on and on down the list. How do you put the dots together? So what you say and what you do is systemic and not just Mm -hmm. a really cute post. I, I don't, I'm, I yeah. love cute posts, but I want to see what's behind the post too. Yeah, I think cute posts are just easy, right? It doesn't require no. anything of an organization other than um, find a fun picture of someone and slap it on your social media. It doesn't, it's the same with Black Lives Matter and all the stuff that happened last year, right? Like there was so much social media frenzy around it, but then what actually translated into tangible action and tangible change? Um, And obviously that's not a day, right. That we're talking about Mm. with in the same way as mother's day. And I think that um, endurance sport needs to do its part in broadening um, the narrative around who, who qualifies as a mother. Right. And I, I think that the parents day versus mother day, mother's day point that you talked about is an important one because it's, I can't, I feel like I'm, I'm dancing a little bit in different squares here because <laughs> I want right. to kind of degender Mother's Day because mm-hmm. it's not as it is currently constructed. It is not inclusive of trans parents and non-binary parents. Right. And right. I also want to acknowledge that there is a particular experience of individuals who identify as women and mothers in our society. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not to the, I don't want to acknowledge that to the detriment of trans and non-binary parents. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think it's a both end. I think we can hold both. Right. And so I, I don't yeah. know where I think endurance sport can contribute to that conversation, particularly if it is concerned with diversifying its um, participant base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, and, and this, you know, Lisa, we, we keep, uh, speaking around the fringe of it, but we're going to get to it, um, is that, you know, we're constantly wanting to acknowledge our trans community members, but we're, we're going to get there. We're going to have a, a guest that really speaks to this topic very specifically, but we just want to continue to hold and acknowledge that group without um, exercising the privilege of speaking for their experience. So I just want to point that out too, but yeah, you're, you're on it. And so, you know, I'm wondering, you know, what advice do we have for folks in the endurance sports space to consider Mother's Day? Because I don't, I don't want folks walking away from the podcast thinking, you know, damn Mother's Day. Okay, we ain't posting shit. We ain't saying shit. We're not doing nothing. We're not doing a special registration. We're not doing any of this anymore. I don't want to say that, <laughs> but I want to give them some guidance on, okay, okay, so what should we do? And I think the first thing that you've already, you've already pointed out is, um, I don't want to say loosely, more broadly 
allow endurance athletes to define themselves as mothers, not just the group you assume. So I know that's the first step there. Right. Um, and then we'd have to think more about what other steps could we um, embrace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would even think as far as the visuals being more diverse in who's being included in, you know, if you're going to do the, the social media post, be broad in how you're going to do that. Are you going to show the uh, the trans woman holding their child as well? Are you going to show the whole family that's, you know, greeting their kid at the finish? You know, there, there's other ways to do it in more nuanced approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So those are some things I would think of off the rip. Yeah. And not um, making the assumption that every person is a parent uh, or in particular, in this case, a mother, right? Like we talked about at the beginning at the top of the show, um, there are folks who are not able to have children. There are folks who choose not to have children. There are folks who are adoptive parents or foster parents or folks who have experienced very miscarriages, very painful miscarriages, right? Or people who have lost mothers or lost other loved ones on Mother's Day as your experience. And so I think there just needs to be that acknowledgement too. So even beyond endurance sport, if you all are thinking about posting on Mother's Day, like be attentive to that. Like, don't you include a disclaimer, Shauna, in your posts on Mother's Day? Every year, (laughs) every year I have a a disclaimer that speaks to, you know, not everyone has a living mother. Not everyone has a great relationship with their living mother. Some people have never known their mother. Uh, Some are not mothers. And so the assumption that they are just because they show up presenting as a woman is problematic. And for many other reasons, people have had negative or bad lived experiences on the day of Mother's Day. And so how do you hold that all at once um, and, and do it well in ways that's not, um, you know, you know, the saying, uh, when we assume we make an ass out of you and me, right? No, not assuming um, that it's a positive day for everyone. And just assuming in general that not everyone celebrates it, you know, that, right. Yes, that's nice if you do. And I'm not condemning those who do. I I kind of uh, walk down this very fine line because if it were up to me as Shauna, I probably wouldn't celebrate it too much because I kind of feel the death of my grandfather on that day. However, I don't want to rob my kids of the experience of doing what they would like to do for me as children who want to honor their mother and be respectful at the same time. So I kind of, you know, cut across both of those at once. Um, But, you know, just not making the assumption how someone should or could feel on Mm -hmm. these, um, you know, these normal holidays. Let's just not make the assumption. Yeah. And I mean, I think the other piece, it goes back to a point you made about um, Black History Month, but broadly about months that are dedicated to a particular issue and that um, we only focus on it in that kind of 30 day window. And that's really problematic because the issue is maintain for 12 months of a year. Right. And, um, and, you know, so we're going to be really thinking about an appreciation for mothers, then we need to go beyond that single day. We need to start looking structurally at the the way our race is set up, our organization is set up, our tri club is set up and, and, you know, uncover those perhaps invisible ways that mothers are um, left out right? Or Mm, they mm -hmm. are um, 
disincentivized to participate because of these competing um, responsibilities that they have. And we know, Mm -hmm. and research has shown a thousand times over that um, women in particular in um, heterosexual relationships, at least, bear Mm -hmm. the greatest brunt of childcare and elder care. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and so their free time is less available as is their disposable income. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, if you want to open up the pool two hours early to have a morning happy hour for that mom that needs to get up and go for that swim before the kids wake up, do that. that that's for Shauna, but that's, that's for me. That's completely <laughs> self. Um, but, but I am saying, no, but I, I think right. you're bringing up a great point though, that what are those considerations, you know, that. Um, I I harp on this all the time. There's a a master's swim group in my area that I would love to join, but they, (laughs) this sounds terrible. They start at 630. I can't start at 630 with children. Can't. Right. And you five, I will be there with bells on 630. Mm -hmm. I'm out of the pool, getting my life together so I can go feed these children. So, you know, and I'm imagining that other people uh, that have care needs who could be mothers or fathers um, you know, how can we structurally set up the endurance sport community that really pays attention to kids? So, for example, the training weekend. Well, I guarantee you more folks would come out if there was some type. Now, this was pre-COVID. We can consider COVID later. But I guarantee you more folks would come out for the group ride if you had some type of child care going on while folks are riding so that they have an opportunity mm-hmm. to get out. You know, I'm just thinking about different creative ways for all of us to think through how can we structurally set up the endurance sport clubs um, and races to be conducive to what parents need um, pricing or otherwise, there's so many different uh, angles to it. So I think we could do that. Yeah. I think there's a good place to start. And so as you think about mother's day coming up this weekend and you think about how you're going to appreciate um your mom or how you're going to be respectful and supportive of people who mothers for whom mother's day is not a thing. Um, you know, think <laughs> it's be- not a thing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Think beyond that. Right. Think about how can you extend that appreciation um, in, in the long term, right. How can mm. you really create space and opportunity for parents Um, I mean, I'm thinking particularly single parents um, to engage in endurance sport in a way that non-parents, single people, um, folks with a lot of disposable income can already do. Hey, feisty folks, Jamila here, the Feisty Team Community Innovator. In June of 2020, we launched the Feisty Team to help you all stay feisty no matter what the year threw your way. Over the last six months, we've come together as a team to try and make the world a feistier place and connect with other like-minded friends in triathlon and endurance sports. We meet every month and bring in experts that can help us on the path to building feistiness in ourselves and others and create meaningful change in our sport and community. The monthly subscription is only $22 and you'll get monthly feisty huddles and webinars with expert guests big sponsor discounts, swag, and monthly prizes, challenges to stay motivated, a community of feisty, like-minded friends. Plus, we are adding new initiatives all the time, like our new book club and virtual workouts. Go to feistyteam.com 
to join us and become a part of the feistiest team in endurance sports so we can crush 2021 together. That is feistyteam.com. Unfazed, a podcast produced by Live Feisty Media and supported by the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. Edited and produced by the fabulous Lindsay Glassford. Email us at info at unfazedpodcast.com and find us on social at try to defy at Dr. Gold Speaks or at Outspoken Women in Try. I'm Lisa. I'm Shauna. Thanks for listening. Stay unfazed, folks. See you next time.